When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! We said we were taking the week off, but you knew the New York Jets weren't going to allow us to do that. Breaking news edition of the Can't Wait podcast, Nathaniel Hackett is the new offensive coordinator of the Jets. I'm Tim McMaster, along with Zach Rosenblatt, our Jets reporter at The Athletic, and also Marissa Dunn, our producer. Um, And we're, as always, late. Um, So while we were waiting for (laughs) Marissa this time, um, I was going through the chat on YouTube to just kind of see what people were angry about besides Nathaniel Hackett. Um, And one Which I can't see your comments, by the way, right now. So you guys can make fun of me all you want, and I won't see it. So you're only going to get to Zach what we pass along. Uh, but one thing was, uh, assuming that we were late because of Zach, somebody commented, <laughs> Zach is officially the new Connor. And then someone else commented, except with iced coffee, um, yes. which brings us to, before we get to Nathaniel Hackett, Zach, you got a good iced coffee story? I do. It, it all ties together. Uh, <laughs> so I during the off season, I like to just post up at coffee shops and get work done, which I was, I was on my way to a coffee shop to get work done today. One that I hadn't been to before, but I heard was good in Jersey City. Uh, and so the news comes literally as I pull up to park, like outside of the, the coffee shop. I'm like, all right, I'll just go in and post up in there. So, you know, you need a little bit of workspace. And I go in, it's like a very tiny coffee shop. The coffee was great. But so I got a nice coffee thinking I would be sitting inside drinking it. Uh, and then I realized there's no seating in there. So I'm like, can I go sit in your guys' patio in the back? They're like, sure. So they go through this whole thing. They take out all the keys, unlock, unlock, do it, unlock, unlock the door, unlock the door. They open it. I go sit out back. I realize that it's also out completely outdoors in the back. So mm-hmm. because I'm too embarrassed to like immediately like pull back, I go and sit out there for like 10 minutes trying to write. I'm like shivering. It's like windy. <laughs> um, <Nathaniel> so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it was, so it was the lead of your me. story was written. It was, bl- bl- it was all, teeth, it was all a bunch basically. of, yeah, a bunch of just random letters mixed in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that the things I go through just to drink iced coffee for you guys, I just wanted to let you know. <laughs> that is, and that just is like when news just, you know, Oh, it's always the worst times. Nice, yeah. Easy day and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was going to get a haircut and peace this afternoon and, you know. <laughs> Then you're rushing. You did predict instead. Zach that it was going to be a while. I think that was I know, the quote. Yeah. It's going to be we, a while. We, we talk that. about why I thought that too, but yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, let's jump into it, um, and that's where we'll start. We'll start with the search um, because, and I should say, besides Nathaniel Hackett, they also have a new offensive line coach in Keith Carter, and we're going to touch on him as well. But obviously, Hackett is the main hire here. Um, they interviewed at least ten people for this job, from what you've reported. Um, just talk about how this kind of search went because he was one of the first guys, as far as I know, and how it kind of came full circle back to Hackett. Yeah. Um, well, so Robert Sala said is that they did, uh, what did he say? He said well over 15, which, you know, is okay. well over too. So I, I don't know. <laughs> it's a 17. funny way, funny way of saying that. <laughs> uh, and you know, I, what I'd heard throughout the process 
is which I've talked about on here and in stories that I've written is that they were having a hard time with some convincing some coordinators that this was a job that they would even be at for more than a year. You know, they they've been battling the no quarterback. He Sal even admitted that was like the number one concern he was getting from from candidates and the prospect of you know job security and not having it. So you saw some people turn them down. Um, you know, I I. I know Joe Brady decided he didn't want to even interview Daryl Bevel didn't and Bill Callahan didn't like those are three pretty big names that they tried to talk to and they didn't want to talk. And I imagine that was all part of it. And I think there were others that were unnamed that maybe like expressed concerns and stuff like that. But, you know, ultimately he, he talked to Hackett early and um, and then again, like a few of the candidates he talked, he, he talked to via Zoom, all of them via Zoom initially. And then there were some that he brought in in person to the facility. Hackett was one of those. And what I had heard is recently as this week. Is that people even like when the, within the Jets building, while they like liked him as a candidate, they, I think a lot of people were in the impression, both in the building and outside of the building, that Hackett was not ready to get back into coaching. Because you know, you look at what happened in Denver. That that was one of the more you know every every year there's like a glorious disaster with a coach, and he was like this year's you know disaster. He was fired after 15 games because you know by the end, or dudes like fighting on the sideline and on his own team, and you know I, I don't know all the exactly our our Broncos writer does a great job. I don't I don't know all the. Uh, Nick Kaz uh, made it. I don't know if that's how, if I said his last name right. Um, but Kosminer, uh, Kosminer, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know like all the details of why everything went wrong. I imagine Russell Wilson had a lot to do with it, and you know he's pretty demanding of the things that he wants and all that stuff. But anyway, so you know Hackett became like a laughing stock of the league. Everybody's making fun of him every week. He you know he had to give up. He gave up play calling. They had to bring in a game management coach, and you know he kind of became like you know the punchline of the league. And so I think. I, there was a part of him that was hesitant to come back into coaching. Um, and, you know, Salah and him have a past relationship and, you know, and something Salah said to him, convinced him to to do this. You know, he's going to be getting paid for by the Broncos for the next four years. Like, he, this is not a money-based thing, obviously. He's going to be making less for the Jets than he would for the Broncos. Like, just sit at home and do nothing. Um, so I think that's all interesting. And I, I think it, it comes back to what is going to be the biggest takeaway everybody's had from all of this is if he's doing that, if he's, you know – you know, eschewing all that money that he that he could just be making to not work. You'd think he's doing it with the knowledge that if if Aaron Rodgers, if not Aaron Rodgers coming here, he's at least confident that they're going to get a very good quarterback. And he has a very close relationship with Aaron Rodgers. It's well documented. Rodgers has talked about it publicly. Uh, and so I, I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, I've texted you guys about the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. I, I, I was I was hesitant to believe that it was a possibility because I didn't see a reason why he would think that the Jets were like a good fit for him. And then they hire like his best buddy in the coaching business. And now all of a sudden I've flipped completely. And now I'm really wondering if they wind up getting him. I don't think it's a lock by any stretch. I think, you know, I think you need to pump the brakes a little bit, just assuming it's going to happen. He, he doesn't have a no trade clause. The Packers have to agree to trade him somewhere. He has to say that he wants to leave the Packers. He has to say he's not retiring. Like there's a lot of steps between now and like Rogers coming. I, I know I'm, I'm skipping a few points, but the, the the point being they they got Hackett here I imagine in part because he was confident they were going to have a quarterback that he could work with. Well, and time wise too, right? The one thing that's interesting about this quarterback scenario, right, is that Carr can be had right after the Super Bowl. Yeah, but it sounds like if you want Aaron Rodgers, you got to wait till June, right? As far as like contract and what it will mean financially for the Packers, they probably don't want to sign him or don't want to trade him until a certain time. So like. There's kind of a risk there, right? Like, do we want to get this done and know what we have, or do we want to kind of wait out Aaron Rodgers? And then if if he doesn't, if you can't get Aaron Rodgers, then what? Yeah, and that that's kind of been my biggest question for this whole process, and why I think I've leaned more towards Derek Carr, because 
you can go and even if you don't trade from even if he's not traded, which he might not be because of the way his contract is structured and the guarantees and all that stuff. Uh, like you can, you can also, you can sign him before any of these other guys cause he's going to become available when they cut him. Um, and I think there's some appeal to doing that as opposed to waiting and risking, not getting anybody. And I think they're well aware of all that, of the time, you know, bringing Hackett in, maybe, you know, maybe they've, they're, they're pretty confident that they can reel Rogers in. But r- the fact that Rogers hasn't announced anything, I think is pretty telling. Like n- nobody really knows what he's thinking. So, you know, it is early, so, you know, it's only January 26th. The Super Bowl is not for a few weeks, so there is a little bit of time where you can kind of, like, gauge what's going on. You hope that maybe Rodgers decides what he's doing within the next couple of weeks. You'd you think he would, you know, for the sake of even the Packers, if he wants to go back there or whatever team he wants to go to, in order for them to operate this offseason, you need to know that, like, all right, we're bringing in Aaron Rodgers, and now we need to focus on the offensive line and this, that, and this, and that. And and so, yeah, there's risk waiting. I, I don't know if they necessarily – I think Rogers probably a post June one designation. I think I, I need to look at, look up like the language of that. If they might be able to like agree to it, but they don't like officially announce it till later or something. It might be something like along those lines, but what um, here, uh, here's something that I was going to ask and yeah. it's in the chat. So I'm just going to throw it up here for you, but is it tampering and tampering in the NFL? It's not like the, I mean, we have a podcast on our NBA feed called tampering. It's such a big deal in the NBA, right? It's it's a little different in the NFL, but is it yeah. tampering if Hackett was talking to Rogers before coming to the Jets? I would say no, right? Because he wasn't an employee of the Jets. But if he talked to Rogers now, today, it probably would be, right? Like I, I don't know. It's a it's a what very good it's a very good question. And well I, then there and, was also Matt Stafford like on vacation and with McVeigh, right? Like they were right. in Cabo. That's how that trade all went down, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't. I don't. I need to look. I'll, I'll look up the letter of the law. Uh, maybe after we get off here. Um, and this, that, like, I, I, I imagine he'd be. You're probably okay to talk to anybody as long as you're not saying like, "Come sign with me." Maybe like, and, and I guess you would have to be able to prove that. And also, I feel like Hack could probably have talked to him while he was unemployed. I mean, why wouldn't he have been able right. to? Nobody. He wasn't employed. Man. Then you're but just but friends. But maybe talking, like right? not like, I mean. like, like if he had already had a handshake agreement with the Jets and he's like talking on behalf of the Jets, like that's where it gets like dicey. Like. I don't know. I, I think they're they'd be okay. Um, I, honestly, I you know the back back dealings and conversations happen, which most a lot of them are probably illegal. To be honest, like there, there's definitely like coaches and agents and players and people who are associated with a player talking to you know a team. I'm not saying the Jets did this or anything. I'm just saying like that definitely happens where teams try to get like a feel for certain guys and you know would you be interested in coming here or you know you know, say like, you know, a player on the jets is friends with a player on another team. And, and they're like, so what, what's, what's so-and-so thinking? And then they find out that like, I, all of that's happening. There's not really any way of, you know, penalizing it or proving it. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming Nate Hackett has spoken to Aaron Rodgers at some point since he's been fired is what I would say. Like, I don't have yes. knowledge of that, but I would assume that has happened. And, and like I said, like if Hackett really wasn't keen on coming back to coaching and then all of a sudden he decided he was going to take the job, like, you know, the Jets, for all the reasons I mentioned, like they have some appeal to them, but, you know, he's probably not going to be a head coach again. So, like, what's the appeal of him coming to be the offensive coordinator here if he's not coming knowing that there's going to be a quality quarterback that he's coaching and that he can, re, you know, rehab his image? Because if, if he didn't get, you know, Aaron Rodgers and, you know, they don't get Derek Carr and you're stuck with, you know, Jimmy G who's injured all the time or like Tannehill and, and Zach Wilson or something like you're risking your reputation, getting even further burned. So um, he clearly cares about that if he didn't want to come back initially. So I, I just think there's a lot of smoke there and a lot of times where there's smoke, there's fire and there's a lot of, you know, similarity. 
It's actually kind of trippy, the similarities to when they got Brett Favre. 15 years ago now, Brett Favre was 39. Uh, they traded Brett Favre because they had a young quarterback waiting in the wings, Aaron Rodgers. And and if the Packers do that now, they're trading a 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, in theory, because they have a young quarterback waiting in the wings in Jordan Love. It's pretty good system. The symmetry the is pretty wild. The, the Packers, the, the one with Favre, you know, that was even crazier because that happened like in August, like right before the season. Um, and it worked out at the beginning. They went like eight and three to start out and then they lost like the rest of their games and Eric Mangini was fired and then Favre was gone. So um, again, I'm sure we're going to talk about Rodgers a lot in the coming weeks, just especially based on what just happened. But there is some risk, you know, he's on the decline. He, Are you getting a two-year commitment from him or is he only saying I'll, I'm playing this year? And, and if that's the case, are you really going to trade like multiple firsts or whatever it takes? Like um, there's a lot of factors here. But ultimately, I don't think Hackett takes this job unless Salah convincingly told him, like, we believe we're going to get X quarterback. And X quarterback, might have Aaron Rodgers might have been a big part of that discussion. All right, let's dig into Hackett a little more beyond the Broncos fiasco. Because, I mean, that's not the job he's going to have with the Jets. We don't need – the Jets have a head coach. They don't need him to, to do whatever he did uh, in Denver yeah. to, to help cause that. But – but he does have a pretty long tenure as a, you know, whether it's quarterbacks coach or, or offensive coordinator. I was texting with you guys because I was looking through and I had totally forgotten that he was actually the Syracuse offensive coordinator in 2011 and 2012. Uh, those were the Ryan Nassib years for any Syracuse fans out there. And I will say, as far as development goes, Nassib was awful when he was early in his career and he ended up having a great um, last couple of years, and he ended up being an NFL backup quarterback for for a bit. So I guess he did a good job there. But when you look at the rest of his um, resume, Bill's offensive coordinator for two years, then he went to the Jags with, with Doug Marone, uh, quarterback's coach for a year, offensive coordinator for a couple of years, and then to the Packers, where obviously he had the most success. Um, three years with the Packers, two of those years, Aaron Rodgers wins MVP awards, uh, I think the last year he was there, they had the highest scoring offense in the NFL. Um, but one th- other than Ryan Nassib, if you go through the quarterbacks, EJ Manuel and Kyle, Kyle Orton in Buffalo, Blake Bortles, Jacksonville, and then Rodgers. If I, unless I'm missing something here, Zach, there isn't really a develop a proof of development of quarterbacks, and it's something that Salah talked about, right? Wanting to get a guy who could develop young quarterbacks. Yeah, I think that's very fair. You know, it's it's always hard with these things because I wasn't, you know, I, I don't have all the, be, you know, behind the scenes details of EJ Manuel and Blake Bortles and their work habits. And we'll say he did, you know, get Blake Bortles playing pretty well. They went to the AFC Championship game that one year. He had over, I think, I don't even know if he had 4,000 yards, but he had over 3,000. There's one year he had over He became a star touchdowns. on uh, The um, Good Place. Yeah, The Good Place, you know. Maybe Hackett's <laughs> the reason why he became such a big deal on there. <laughs> but, um so, yeah, I think he did a good job considering what Blake Bortles was, which was like a very mistake-prone quarterback who can make all the throws kind of thing. Um, you know, E.J. Manuel, whose who's fault is it that he didn't develop? It's a fair question. It's kind of like the questions we're asking with Zach Wilson now. I mean, you know, different situation, obviously. Um, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's not, you know, you can only base it on what, what, we've, what we know. And what we know is he, you know, he, he had quarterbacks that on paper look like bad quarterbacks, and you have to you have to figure out if he was the reason or if they were the reason or if it was a combo of the two and – I mean, none of those quarterbacks came in like as hotshot young. Like none of them were Zach Wilson, right? Yeah. Like EJ Manuel, none of those names. Yeah. I I even remember when EJ Manuel was picked when he was, it was like viewed as kind of a reach when the Bills picked him that early. Um, But, you know, again, like I said, 
and I think Salah has like alluded to this. Um, and I think it's it's a fair point. Like, or maybe Salah hasn't, but uh, I, I think it's something that you know, in talking to people around the team and stuff like that, um, you know, it's hard to succeed as an offensive coordinator when you don't have good quarterback play, and and you can you can attribute like offensive coordinator to that bad quarterback play in a lot of ways, but like the like the list of quarterbacks you just mentioned, like there's no other than Rodgers. Like, you know, I don't know how, who's going to succeed with EJ Manuel and Blake Bortles um, necessarily. Uh, you know, I don't know who's going to succeed with Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco at this last year. Um, so that's all a factor. And and ultimately, they're I think they're they're basically admitting that they need to go and get a good enough quarterback. Otherwise, they're, they're screwed. So, um, you know, that, that's going to be now that we know who the offensive coordinator is, what it's going to look like. I think the offense is going to look not as different as maybe we originally thought because he does run like a West Coast type offense. It might not be the exact same, but it's a pretty similar concept. What he runs is my understanding. Uh, so, you know, the, the offense is going to be wildly different. So maybe that, you know, helps somebody like Jimmy G if they do wind up getting him. But I, I do think they're going to aim high. I think they're going to aim for a Rodgers. They're going to aim for, you know, I don't think Lamar is going to come available. You're going to aim for a Derek Carr. You can decide if you think that's aiming high or not. But they need a guy like that to come in. Otherwise, this whole experiment is going to fail and everybody's going to be out of a job next year. So, Yeah, and that'll be rough for Hackett out of a job. Than yeah. another job. Uh, yeah. Let's take a quick break, but we have a lot more to get to here uh, talking about the new offensive coordinator of the New York Jets. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right. One thing Robert Sala talked about today um, besides these hires is that there is still a plan for another hire, right? Another coach on the offensive side um, with experience to help with this whole thing. Any thoughts on the type like a grouping of names, Zach, that, that would make sense in that. I mean, are no, we still talking about like Kubiak's of the world? Well, I don't, I don't think Gary Kubiak specifically, it sounds like he's right. not, he's like pretty stuck in retirement, but Clint Kubiak was on Hackett's staff in Denver. Um, I, I was, I, I don't have any names in particular, but I was like looking through like some staffs that, uh, that Nate Hackett was on in the past. And, and one, one name that I stumbled on that actually intrigued me was, uh, uh, Todd Downing was the quarterbacks coach for the Bills in 2014 when he was the offensive coordinator there. Todd Downing was fired by the Titans as the offensive coordinator. They just hired the Titans offensive line coach. So I think you can make a direct connection there. I don't know if Downing's, you know, trying to be an offensive coordinator somewhere else or what. But um, yeah, Salah seems pretty committed. He he said he still plans to get a senior offensive assistant. He said he wants to structure it like he did uh, initially with Greg Knapp before he, his unfortunate passing uh, in that first year in 2021. So I think we'll we'll find out who that's going to be in the coming weeks, uh, but yeah, you you I imagine it'll be like a, a position like that usually goes to somebody that you've heard of. Like that's generally what happens. It goes to a guy who has a lot of experience, either as a former head coach, offensive coordinator, whatever it is. And you know maybe there's somebody I'm not thinking of that could, could be surprising that they will bring on. Uh, but that'll be crucial. You know you have you're handing the the keys to the offense and Nathaniel Hackett and. You know, it didn't really go well when he had the keys to the offense in Denver this last year. I think that's undeniable. You can, you know, say whatever you want about the situations, but you know, he he did a poor job in like game management in the beginning of the season. That kind of went viral. That's why they brought in Jerry Rosberg. Uh, you know, I think the Jets do have a good structure in terms of like the late game management stuff. You know, they have Dan Smash, who I wrote about earlier in the year, and 
Uh, Salah's been. If you good. haven't read that article, check it out too. <laughs> yeah, and and Salah's been good about clock management and like you know situational awareness stuff like that. So I think that's a positive that you have that structure already in the building. But I, I, it'll be good to get a veteran coach in there to help hack it, to help the offense, to help whoever this quarterback is they're going to have. Um, and that's going to be one of the more fat outside of you know all the stuff we've talked about the quarterback, the O line, who they find for that job is going to be pretty fascinating to me. Do you think this? move or does this hiring as opposed to hiring you know somebody else that they were looking at like can we take anything from this about zach wilson and what this means kind of for zach wilson going forward obviously he's friends with aaron Rodgers, so maybe maybe if aaron Rodgers is the guy and you have zach learning from you know a guy that he worships like that's you know maybe a good thing I i don't even know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but like just what does this mean for zach yeah, you know, I, I still think it's kind of they're kind of the same place with Zach. It's that they're you know they're willing to develop him behind the scenes if they keep him. Uh, you know, if Rogers is here as a mentor, I I think he Rogers is his hero. So if anybody's going to get through to him, maybe Rogers would. You know, I I think they're like you kind of alluded to jokingly, like they're um, you know Rogers as somebody like guiding you. <laughs> I don't know necessarily if he's the best one, but like, in life, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I still don't get the. I don't get the sense that they view Zach as like they're part of their future. I, I think they're saying all the right things publicly. I. I don't. I don't think they're. I don't necessarily like. If I was putting money on it, I don't know that I would say they're going to trade him. But I. I also would not be surprised if they were willing to listen to offers for him. Uh, that would be dependent on them getting like a court. Once they have a quarterback in here, then you could start thinking about okay, do we view Zach as his future replacement or not? And if not, then you know maybe it's worth looking at what you can get for Zach in the market kind of thing. But. There's a, there's a lot of factors, but ultimately I still think they're in the same place as Zach that, you know, they failed those first two years to get him becoming like a quality NFL quarterback. And at this point, if it becomes anything more than what we've seen so far, then it's kind of a bonus. But I don't think anybody's realistically expecting that to happen at this point. Uh, Rogers has said very nice things about him over the last couple yes. of weeks about how he thinks he has the ability to be a, a great quarterback for a long time in this league and stuff like that. But obviously you're going to, you're going to say nice things about somebody that you're, you're friends with off the, uh, off the field. Um, all right, let's talk about offensive line because Keith Carter is the new offensive line and he has, uh, he has his work cut out for him because there's some, some work to be done here between the injuries and the players who could be out the door. Obviously it's going to be a new look offensive line for the jets in 2023. Uh, Carter comes from the Titans. Um, when I first saw that you think like, wow, the Titans and a dominant running attack. Um, this seems good, but on the other hand, the Titans get rid of him after last season. So, um, just what do you know at this point about Keith Carter, Zach? Yeah. Um, so he was, he was with the Titans for five years, which is a pretty decent amount. I think probably since Mike Brabel got there, I would imagine. Right. Uh, and their offensive line was really good. The first few years, I think progressively, you could see that the rankings went down. You know, I, in my story that I published, uh, a little bit ago, actually, um, I, went through each year and where they ranked in pressure rate allowed, like how much pressure they give up, uh, like pass rush wise and their successful play rate on rushes. So basically successful running plays. Um, and so in 2018, they were 11th and 21st, 2019, 9th and 11th, 2020, 15th and 6th, 2021, 18th and 25th. And then last year, 30th and 28th. So you could see it kind of got worse in recent years. You know, I, I don't really know. I need to dig more into like what the Titan situation was. I know they were pretty banged up, I believe in the O-line, um, but you know, ultimately solid described it as philosophical differences is why they let him go. But 
Sala like lit up talking about how excited he was to get Keith Carter in the building. Uh, I, I, I get the impression that there was a few other teams that were talking to him. Uh, so I, I think they're excited about that. They obviously need a revamp was going on there. I think the bigger issue, I, I don't think John Benton was a bad coach personally. He, he had dealt, was dealt an impossible hand. I don't know. I can't say that he's a great coach. It's hard to say because you never really saw like a healthy offensive line. Like they dealt with a degree of injuries on the O-line that is un, un, nobody would be able to survive that. They had six starting tackles going IR and, at the end of the year, you have basically had guys off the street that were starting. Um, you know, I, I think as of now, as I've alluded to many times, there are only two like guaranteed starters coming back next year: are AVT and Lakin Tomlinson. And you don't really know what position AVT is even going to play right now. Um, I don't think you can justifiably like say uh, Mackay Becton is locked in as a starter. I don't think you could say Max Mitchell is. Dwayne Brown, uh, he has to decide if he wants to play, uh, or if Jets have to decide if they want to bring him back. George Fant, free agent, probably not coming back. Nate Herbig, I'd guess not coming back. Connor McGovern maybe comes back at center, maybe not. But you have three spots you have to fill as of right now on the offensive line, and you know, so he's he's basically starting from scratch essentially. And I imagine there'll be a rookie in there, uh, highly drafted rookie or something like that. So you you have to really like, I mean, you're coming from a place where the O line was as bad as can be at the end of last year, so you think it can't really get much worse. But you know, he has his work cut out for him to say the least, and. He, he's, I mean, Keith, Keith Carter and that offensive line is going to be the key to if this team can turn it around. Because if you have that bad of an offensive line, I don't care if you have Aaron Rodgers back there. Like Aaron Rodgers is 39 years old. Derek Carr does not do well against pressure. Jimmy Garoppolo is injury prone. Like if these dudes are getting hit every play, like like the quarterbacks were in the second half of the year, like they, they are not going to make the playoffs next year. So um, Keith Carter is a very important hire. He has the, he has the resume. Uh, you know, I, I think Taylor Lewan in particular, I saw there were some, like some quotes where he, I don't think he was particularly fond of him. I don't know if everybody felt that way. Uh, that's another thing I need to dig into, but, um, yeah, you know, I think on paper, that's a good hire. Uh, you know, I don't know if they could have gotten somebody better with a better resume than he has. And you look at the Titans, the Jets want to be a team that dominates via the defense and running the ball. And, and they had some of the best running off. It helps to have Derrick Henry, obviously, but they had one yeah. of the best rushing offenses of the last five years. So. Um, but Brees Hall is great, yeah. right? You know, yeah, at some he, point we'll he see fits about what next they want to do. Yeah, Brees Hall, you have the injury factor and all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's a good hire at, at the very least on paper, I would say. And it does feel like the off there's a like you can look at the offensive line, like if you put your green glasses on, I guess, and see a really good offensive line, right? Like Becton comes back and realizes his potential. Yeah. AVT comes back and gets back to being what he was. Uh, Tomlinson is a guy they spend money on and has a history of being good. Mitchell shows up, right? There's like, yeah, there's a world. And then you add a rookie into the mix. That's a high draft pick. And suddenly you're like, oh, this could be a good offensive line, but then it could also be the opposite of that. <laughs> so many variables. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've talked about this. I think you don't, you don't need the offensive line to be the best in the league. You just need it to be a good offensive line. Right. I think you saw, you know what that looks like in that Bills game they won, where they kind of ran it down their throat at the end of the game, and they're not gonna be able to do that every game. But if you can, if you're, especially if your offensive line is good at run blocking, you can like, especially with the way that Jets want to operate, like you can survive. And so, if they could have some continuity, you know, Mackay Becton, you know, on paper could be their best offensive lineman just talent wise. I don't think there's a guy more talented in that building, and um, but there's always the health and the and the and the shape that he's in kind of situation with him, and AVT can be a star. So if you have two guys, you know, playing up to their potential like that, you fill the rest out with some solid players, then you're in good shape. But there's so many questions that, you know, you're banking on, okay, 
what position is ABT going to play? Is he healthy? Makai Becton, is he healthy? Max Mitchell, is he healthy? Who are they going to play at center? Who are they going to play at? You know, Lincoln Tomlinson, is he going to play better than he did in a bad first year? Like, there's just so many, like, what ifs right now that it's hard to envision it being a great offensive line this year. I mean, crazier things have happened. Teams have turned things around quickly. If they're just healthy for 16, 17 games and you feel pretty good about it, even 13, 14 games, if you're healthy for that much, they should be in better shape. But, yeah, the offensive line now, I mean, other than quarterback, but it's tied together, really. Like, the offensive line is their biggest question they have positionally. We were we were joking on text a little bit about starting, and maybe we'll do it. Like basically starting a gauge of for Jets fans of where they're how they're viewing this team right now. And I joked like number ten is we're headed to the Super Bowl. Number one is uh, fire Joe Douglas and Robert Sala yesterday. You know, and the, all the things in between. So Marissa, with that said, I know you put a question in about how people are feeling in the chat. Like from what you're reading, and this is. A small sample size. It's can't wait viewers who are, you know, our favorite of Jets no, fans. Every, so, every Jets but, fan is watching right now, I believe. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> but of the on the one to ten scale, have an there. opinion of what I say that the the, the general consensus. True, is, true. So. But um, what? Where would you say that they're they're sitting right now, one to ten? I wouldn't say disappointment, but I wouldn't say like total excitement over Hackett either. Um, I would say on Twitter, which is a bigger sample and. I like our uh, listeners better than overall Twitter. I would say it was much darker than that. It was pretty negative on Twitter. So Yeah. I, I I mean, I think the biggest thing is like people are bypassing the hackett and just focusing on Rodgers. Yeah. Like, what does this So mean? I think there's some excitement for that and there's some people who don't want that to happen also. So Right, there's that too. Yeah, yeah it's, people it's, that are it's like the Jet, Rodgers it's like, is basically over the, the Jets fan base is what we're saying where some people yes. are happy, some are angry. So yeah, I, I think they're like, you know, there's a lot of questions. Well, what would they have to give up for Rodgers? Yeah. Is it worth giving up all of that kind of thing? When would he join the team? You know, there's a lot of questions about free agents. Like, that's going to play a factor, too. Yeah. You know, if you have – you don't know who your quarterback's going to be. Like, and and top players are deciding between two teams. I mean, you know, the money t- says one thing, but, you know, you want to know who's, who's giving you the ball or who's controlling the offense yep. kind of thing, too. So – um, I think there's skepticism, I would say. Um, but I, I think the more the more comments that come in, the more it's focused on, well, what does this mean for quarterback? More so than opinions on Hackett and what he what kind of offense he's gonna run. I don't think I saw a single comment yeah, yeah, about yeah. I don't think people even care about that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's right. like who well, does this mean that they're getting Rogers? So Ro- um Rogers and what he would cost for a trade is fascinating to me because like you look at russell the russell wilson deal to me like in a way like broke quarterback trades right like they gave up they gave up so much for russell wilson and And they're stuck with him and he and he was awful and obviously it's nathaniel hackett which ties us all together but like um it's different because rogers obviously isn't in his prime like people thought russell wilson was he's he's older he He's kind of in a year-to-year situation here, but still, like they gave up so much that you still feel like it's multiple first rounders. Maybe yeah. it's just a yeah. lot to give up for one year of a quarterback. Yeah, I think if you look at what what these trades have been, um, the Rodgers one is interesting just because of all the contract stuff, and I don't know, right. you know, Packers maybe don't have as much leverage as they have in past years, but they do have his rights without a no trade clause. So I will say I, I was looking at the comments from my story from earlier. 
Um, I think this comment like sums up Jets fans pretty well. This, I don't, this person didn't put a name on it uh, attached to it, but he said, I, I tried writing a big, long philosophical piece with sarcasm and insight using advanced metrics and data anal- analysis, but who cares? The Jets suck. I mean, (laughs) yep, that sums it up. Like I I said, when they fired LaFleur, nobody was going to be happy with who they hired, no matter who it was. It was the grass wasn't always greener. So I think, right, but people love the hiring of LaFleur and see how that went. So let's just. Let's just see what happens, right? Yeah, I think that's the best way. Is to, you, it happens in the NFL all the, all the time. You have coaches that they're in the wrong situation and things go off the rails terrible, yeah. and then they get a second chance, they get redemption. And it happens all the time. So we'll see what happens. Any final thoughts, Zach? Yeah, I mean, now the next step is going to be, you know, I'm curious to see how quickly this QB thing gets wrapped up. I, I imagine they would like to get it done sooner than later, but you don't really have a choice in some degrees. And then the other thing so, is... So just a reminder of what picks the Jets have. They um, they have all their picks, I believe, this year, except for the one they traded for James Robinson, which was a sixth round pick. Okay. Um, but no extras this year. Yeah, no no, no extras, yeah. and they have their right. that that's the thing. I, you know, I I need to look at the teams that would like consider them. There was a, there was a report that they would only trade Rodgers to the AFC, which probably would right. help the Jets. I don't know if that's true right. or not. I think you're going to take the best package unless it's in the NFC North, probably. Uh, yeah, you're not yeah, winning say, the Super Bowl with Jordan Love next year, so why not just take the best package, right? That yeah. doesn't make any sense. I mean, and then the, the other, the flip side of this is, if the Packers do decide that they want to keep Rodgers or that Rodgers wants to stay, at that point you're probably going to trade Love because at, the, at what's he? He's already been in the league three years now. This would be his. I don't. I can't remember what year he got drafted. Yeah, I think um, they have to. Don't they have to make a decision it, on his contract? On his fifth year option he's played soon. like four games. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I mean, I don't know what the value is on him because nobody's really seen him play. Um, it's a very right. so that's a very fascinating like part of it, um, and 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 just before we go, I will say I'd, I'd keep an eye on the structure of the staff because I I, do, I think they're going to bring back some of the guys that are already on the staff, but Hackett's going to have the ability to like you know if there's a spot that he wants to change, I think there's going to be you know some guys you know whether that's quarterbacks coach or whatever that uh, he if he if he would like to make a change there, I think Sala is comfortable letting him do that. There there's some spots I don't think Sala wants to change anything on the offensive staff, but I think you're going to see Hackett bring in some of his own guys as well, which is something to watch over the next few weeks. All right. And when stuff happens, we'll be here. We are planning to not do an episode next week, <laughs> uh, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see. We, we, we just ensure that they're going to trade for a quarterback next week, I think. Yeah, next yeah. week, probably on Wednesday. Yeah, it's probably going to be the one PTO day I took. Yeah, what, yeah, what day are you taking? Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. So All right, so <laughs> schedule keep, 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 yeah, Wednesday. keep an eye out for news on Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right well when it happens we'll have it and we'll be here throughout the off season obviously um kind of a slower cadence but we'll keep coming at you with different with new podcasts uh if you want to join the athletic you can do that right now go to the athletic.com slash can't wait 199 a month for a year 199 a month for a year read all of zach's great stuff all the other great stuff baseball's coming up soon all that content so uh great stuff going on at the athletic and we will talk to everybody again soon